welcome to the Flying Solo podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. I'm your host, Robert Gerrish. Flying Solo is an Australian online community and home to stacks of free resources, discussion forums, professional development tools, and a whole lot more. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Tanya de Jong AM is a leading Australian soprano, inspirational speaker, social entrepreneur, spiritual journeywoman, and creative innovation catalyst. Among her many achievements, she's the founder and executive producer of Creative Innovation Global and is staging the Creative Innovation Conference in Melbourne at the end of March. Three days with over 40 speakers and a must for anyone who cares deeply about creativity, innovation, leadership and change. Our topic today is how to manage disruption and develop resilience. Hello, Tanya. Hello, Robert. Now, look, it's great to be talking to you, and uh, I'm sure we've got some listeners who remember you taking to our stage mm-hmm. at uh, one of our Independence Day conferences a few years ago, and you got the entire auditorium singing, so uh, <laughs> it's very memorable. Now, look, so our, our topic today is, and in fact, you've just released another CD, haven't you? Just tell us about that before we get going. Oh, yes, yeah. So I've just released my very first solo CD called oh. Heaven on Earth. Heaven on Earth, perfect. Yeah, and it's, it's a very beautiful an inspirational CD that combines some of the all-time classics by Beethoven, Mozart, mm. Dvorak, which were written originally as concertos um, and symphonies, which have been adapted into songs by the incredible arranger, pianist, composer Joe Kindamo, and I've written lyrics, which are all about light and love and finding peace. And, <laughs> and then there's some great standards in there, songs like Somewhere from West Side Story and Summertime, and there's some originals. So great. the original track, title track, Heaven on Earth, is, is uh, gorgeous. It's based on that famous Mark Twain quote, sing like no one's listening, oh, love yes. like you've never been hurt, dance like nobody's watching, mm. and live like it's heaven on earth. Fantastic. So. <laughs> All right. Well, look, thank you for that. And uh, that, that's yeah. terrific. So look, that's probably not a bad segue, the Mark Twain quote, the Mark Twain quote to mm. get us into this whole sort of issue of, um, of developing resilience and maintaining some of that sort of sentiment that Mark Twain talks about when sometimes all around us is uh, is chaotic mm. so you know i know this is work that you do in amongst your sort of creative pursuits you're you're in there helping corporate uh, individuals and companies to um to become more resilient so can i ask you what sort of took you into this space and what what things particularly have you confronted yourself that have got you into this whole kind of resilient space uh I, you know, I think my whole, a lot of my life has been, you know, um, you know, it's been a lot of obstacles. I think a lot of people think, oh, Tanya's incredibly successful and, you know, um, externally that may appear to be the case and, and I feel like I'm very proud of what I've achieved. But it hasn't, it hasn't all been easy. You know, I was, um, you, you probably know the story, I talk about it in my, my recent TED talk, but, you know, when I was 14 I desperately wanted to have singing lessons and, and then my best girlfriend um, told me that I should never bother having singing lessons, that I wasn't good enough. <laughs> and, of course, you know, being 14, I believed her. And then finally I did audition for the school musical and the chorus. I got the lead role. <laughs> and then, But then, you know, at the age of 23, I had another singing teacher, very well-known singer in Australia, tell me that I'd never make it past the chorus and that I should focus on my law degree. 
And subsequently, you know, pretty much with every venture that I've started, whether it's the two charities or the four businesses I now run and the conference, including Creative Innovation, people have said, you know, these are mad ideas, they're never going to work. Mm. Um, so, you know, as a innovator, an entrepreneur, a disruptor, I think it's a very common experience for people around you to say, well, that's not going to work and, mm. um, you know, that's been done before. And So how, do you, how, do, you, like, how no. do you come to terms <laughs> with that then? Do you go back to your sort of 14-year-old self and say, well, that's what they said then and look at me now? Or how do you, how do you mm-hmm. personally handle that sort of resilience when you're constantly yeah. coming up against people that are saying, well, that's silly, that's not going to work, why would you do yeah. that? That's right. And also I think there's also a lot of knockers out there. So, I mean, in addition to to that, when you do succeed, you know, we're very famous in Australia for the tall poppy syndrome Mm. and and we don't really celebrate our successes very well. Um, And there's been, you know, there's certainly been quite a lot of... um, obstructions, I guess you might say. Obstructions put in the way which... Where people are just not fully on board mm. and fully supporting. So what how you're do doing. you how do you handle that though? What's your approach? What's um, the technique that you use? <laughs> well, quite often at first, I'll just go, "It's all too hard." <laughs> right. Okay. And, uh, so you are human. Into, crumple into you know exhaustion and and you know sometimes into tears and just think, you know, what am I doing all this for? You know, I want to make a difference. I want to do things differently. It's all too hard. You know, I'm going to grow go and grow bananas in Byron Bay or just mm. just take it easy because it, it really is, you know, it's easier to sometimes just to stop all resistance and say that um, enough is enough and I've yeah. done enough in my life now anyway. I, I'm more than happy with what I've achieved. Right. But so when um, you get, when you get but, that but when feeling. I get, but then, yeah. but then um, I wake up the next morning and um, go, well, no, you know, uh, and I become inspired and excited because, you know, there'll be some, there's always positives in there and there's people who really do genuinely appreciate, you know, what you're doing, the projects and and feel excited or, you know, there, there'll be some feedback that comes in about something, you know, that, that truly is changing a person or a group's life. Yeah. And um, then I go into... Um, well, usually it's it's very important to rest and re- recharge. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's simple things like, you know, looking after yourself so that you can actually ha- handle these sorts of obstacles, you know, having a bath, going for a walk with the dog, going out into nature, just switching off for a while um, to recharge and re-engage. Mm. And um, then I think the other things are... Um, being tolerant of ambiguity, accepting that you're not going to have an answer in black and white immediately. And that's a very important skill, I think, for entrepreneurs and leaders to develop. We all sort of want everything to be crystal clear and settled, you know, now. Yeah, and that's <laughs> and, just not practical, is it? It's not. No. It's not practical. Um, the other thing, I think, is just being open to the potential of new ideas and new solutions, Um and having a team of people around you that you can that you can call when when things get tough and mm. who help you get some perspective and say well actually no that's not as black as you know as you're making it seem and you know just stop thinking about it and focus on the positive focus on the light you know really what I say my CD yeah well look and that, that's a great point there that you, so you started there by saying 
you keep sort of positive feedback around you. So that's something that you can refer to. You, it sounds like you have that to hand. Yeah. You're talking about looking after yourself, so making sure that you're the strongest person you can be to confront any of these things. So getting sleep, getting a break away from your work, having some exercise. Um, you talk about living with ambiguity, just the knowledge that, you know, some things you don't know till you get started and, and that you, we just kind of have to live with that. And then I think the last point you made, very, very, very strong, this point about having people around you that you can turn to, like your, um, I guess they're, they're more than your, your sort of cheering crowd. They're people that you can bounce ideas from. People are going to talk to you presumably openly and honestly who know yeah. you. And we'll say, hey, Tanya, you've been here before, you know, yeah. <laughs> you, this yeah. is familiar territory. So tell me, yes, do you... Yeah, I mean, one of the, if I might just elaborate yeah, sure. on that slightly more, I mean, one of the things that I've always done with all my projects has been, you know, develop a board or an advisory panel or both mm. of people that I've known for an incredibly long time. They they know me, you know, warts and all. <laughs> and, um, and, I, and I can call pretty much, you know, the majority of them, any time and um, and say this is going on you know what do you think um, how should I deal with that and it, you know sometimes it's just having people who listen to you and say hey it's mm. not as bad as you're making out mm. you know and, look, and I'm, I'm guessing well I, I think I know that um, the position that you're in you must get because of people knowing what you've achieved and what you do you must get I mean your phone must ring a fair bit with people saying Tanya, this disruption is happening to my life or this disruption is happening to my business. Um, so people must be leaning on you. And what's your, you know, if somebody listening to this now is is perhaps in an industry that's being turned on its head, where do you sort of start in, in, in any conversation with someone like that? Well, firstly, I think it's an acknowledgement that the whole world is changing and we have to accept that, that the world's accelerating faster than we can think. And we need to change our thinking. And another thing I, I believe is very important is that we can't get dominated by bureaucracy and administration at the moment because then we'll become suffocated by that. So we have to really focus about spending on innovation to develop creative change leaders, to develop leaders who will be adaptable, flexible, tolerant of ambiguity, open to new ideas, leaders who will be capable of experimentation and failing fast because that's going to be the important tools to create disruptive innovation ourselves mm. because at the end of the day we have to become the disruptors. There's no point sitting there going, well, my engine is disrupted. We actually have to think. How can I do it? Yeah, yeah, mm. that's right. And we have to develop, whether it's a large organisation or a small organisation, we have to develop people ourselves to be capable of working out, well, what are, what am I going to develop that's actually going to play into this disruptive era mm. and how am I going to develop those skills? And go on. Yeah, no, look, I think that's, I think that's a great point. And I think that, um, you know, the, the phrase that you said there is, is failing fast. You know, if something's not going to work, well, let's find out and let's find out quickly. That's right. You know, and... Um, do tell me, do you think that I mean I hate using the word failure, but I'm going to anyway. Do you do you think that that failure is is a necessary hurdle on kind of any pathway to success? I really do. And I think one of the we have in Australia is is a very risk averse culture. I have mm. two definitions of the word fail 
My favourite one is first attempt in learning. I mean, you will never mm. hear any great entrepreneur, uh, you know, whether it's Richard Branson or Bill Gates or, you know, any, any of the, you know, Mark Zuckerberg or any of the people who've become immensely successful mm. have all talked, all regularly talk about their failures. Steve Jobs was, was a classic you know, in, in that respect. Yeah. And the second definition, you know, fantastic achievement in life because really you have to hit that wall and you have to you have to bounce back and be resilient and that's what makes you become a successful entrepreneur and leader. And so it only is by failing that you really learn about how strong you can be. Mm, that was lovely. So the, your first quote was, or the, your, your first thought was a first attempt in learning. I think that's a great way to look at failure. And the second one, a fantastic achievement in life, which is a great way to look at it. So, um, and uh, so, okay, I think that that's that's really clear, and that shows us not that you should permanently fail, by the way. No, 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 no. But it's it's like as you there's what's and you that won't. no what's that lovely quote about? Well, you know, if you don't at least make a start, you'll never know. You know, the yeah. people that succeed yeah. have made a start. And what the the worst thing I think about fear of failure is that it is it stops us from trying anything, and that's just that's yeah. clearly not going to work. And that's that analysis paralysis. I'm not going mm. to try this until everything is in place for me to succeed Hmm. that's nirvana you know that doesn't happen so you just have to start yeah you you have to start and then be prepared to fail and then start again quickly and then you'll succeed Hmm. fantastic and look i know we're we're and i'll i'll talk about a bit more at the moment i know we're just a few days away from uh your conference that you're that you're running and you've been running for is this the what how many years is this fourth or fifth fifth year fifth Fifth year year. okay fantastic i'm exhausted i know i know you are so i'm going to i'm going to ask you a final question i'm going to talk about that because i know i've been very lucky to snare you uh in amongst all your the work that you have to do for your conference but i'd love to ask you who's been the greatest sort of influence on you in your work and what did they teach you um you know, there's some incredible speakers that come to the conference, um, the conferences, and you know, there's people. You know, we've had great people like Edward de Bono and Baroness Susan Greenfield and Ray Kurzweil, and this year we have like Peter Diamandis and um, Nolan Bushnell, the founder of Atari. Actually, just going back one step, talking mm. about failure. I mean, there's a guy who founded Atari. Yeah. Um, provided all the back end for. Um, com- the computers that Steve Jobs was using when he started Apple. Mm. Steve Jobs then offered him 30% of Apple for $50,000. He knocked him back thinking that it wouldn't. <laughs> wouldn't come to anything. Wouldn't come to anything. Um, well, it nearly didn't. You know, and then, of course, he calls that well, his greatest mistake or his greatest failure. And since then, he set up 20 other companies. So wow. <laughs> it just goes to show you that. Fantastic. You know, so, how do you choose yeah. one person who's been a um, great? But, but yeah, I mean, look, it's not, it's really none of those people. Okay. Um, they've they've been all inspirational, but I guess you know, people who've been most inspiring to me are people that I've I've had regular contact with over the years. And for many years, one of the most inspirational people to me was Dame Elizabeth Murdoch, who I was lucky enough to spend a lot of time with one on one. My group potpourri performed at her 90th birthday so she used to invite me to to lunch at Cruden Farm where she lived and um, we would talk about topics and and I'd tell her some of the challenges and opportunities Mm. and just her approach to life you know the way she was so humble and simple in spite of you know the wealth that had been created was 
inspirational class. She just gets so much, not just her, That's her wisdom, but her, her wealth and just her own personal support. Mm. I remember her very often sitting in the front row at my performances, singing along and, <laughs> and clapping. And <laughs> That's lovely. That's yeah. lovely. Thank you so much. So, look, let me just mention then your conference. So, Creative Innovation 2015. Asia Pacific runs very soon on uh, the 23rd to the 25th of March. It's the premier event in the region for anyone who cares about creativity, innovation, leadership and change. Tanya and her team have generously set up a special 10% discount for Flying Solo members. Just use the password GROWTH when you're buying any platinum, gold or silver conferences packages. The place to head along to is creativeinnovationglobal.com dot com today you and just follow the link so tanya de Jong, thank you so much for joining us today i know you're very busy i know you've got to get back to your conference mm-hmm. so thanks for spending your time with the flying solo community no thanks robert and if i might mention our creative universe website too it's www.creativeuniverse.com.au and people can see the full gamut of the different projects that we're working on great stuff okay tanya thank you so much for joining us thanks robert thank you And that's where we'll leave this show from Flying Solo. I'm Robert Gerrish, and we hope you'll join us next time. If you're looking to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, you'll find heaps of resources at flyingsolo.com.au and a supportive community on our forums and Facebook. Thanks for listening.